When asked if there are potential Me Too allegations against him, the response is, in this political environment, I don't know what somebody might cook up. You are listening to Politically Uncomfortable, a podcast about social and political ideas with uncomfortable viewpoints, and you are listening to episode number 16. That is a quote from Keith Ellison, congressman and deputy DNC chairman, who has been accused by two women of physical and verbal abuse. Now, what does that have to do with Brett Kavanaugh, United States Supreme Court nominee? Well, a bit of comparative value. Both men have multiple female accusers alleging assault against them. So I thought that we could do a comparison and a contrast against their accusations, the responses to those accusations, the evidence, and the witnesses involved. Now, in Kavanaugh's case, he has been accused of a 51-year-old Christine Blasey Ford, who is a psychology professor at Palo Alto University in California, of forcibly trying to remove her clothing at a party in 1982. In Ellison's case, a former partner of his, Karen Monahan accused him of verbal and physical abuse, including repeated insults, emotional manipulation, infidelity, and an incident in which Ellison dragged her off of a bed by her legs and told her to get the F out of his house. That's according to a site called Zero Hedge. Also, his other accuser, Amy, Amy Alexander, alleges that she was assaulted while in an extramarital affair with Ellison in 2005. The responses to the accusations, we heard the first one earlier from Keith Ellison. In this political environment, I don't know what somebody might cook up was his response. Brett Kavanaugh says, the truth is I've never sexually assaulted anyone in high school or otherwise. I am not questioning and have not questioned that perhaps Dr. Ford at some point in her life was sexually assaulted by someone at some place. But what I know is I've never sexually assaulted anyone. That's what he said to the New York Times. It's an interesting thing to say just because it does have a slight tinge of empathy in it. And that saying that I'm not denying that she wasn't sexually assaulted, but I'm just saying I'm not the one who sexually assaulted her. And uh, in that article with the New York Times, he says that he didn't even have any sexual activity in high school and nor did he years after high school, which is an interesting statement. Uh, They're asking for an FBI investigation of Kavanaugh, so we may get to find out if that is indeed true. Oh, as far as evidence, so the evidence brought forth against Kavanaugh is that there was a letter, originally anonymous, that was sent to Representative Anna Eschew, who sits in the House seat, and it was not sent to Senator Dianne Feinstein, who sits at the Senate and who did get letters from Kavanaugh and those claiming Kavanaugh's innocence. Now, the importance of who it was sent to comes from the fact that by not sending it to Feinstein under oath, she can't be tried for perjury. In other words, if she's making this holding up, then it can just kind of go away because she's not going to be at fault for lying under oath. Whereas Kavanaugh's response to it, and all three of the people who are named witnesses of the incident, did send letters under oath to the Senate. And of course, the people who have been the witnesses of this event have said they don't know anything about this. They haven't, they didn't witness anything. They've never heard of this before. They, they don't know anything about this. And they have testified this under oath in their letters to Feinstein. And also, uh, Kavanaugh has calendars from the summer of 1982 that he's sending, that he's sending to the Judiciary Committee to say that, hey, I can show where I was and and come take a look at that. So there's not much evidence on her side. She just has her accusations where as far as on his side, he does have some some witnesses and some evidence that he's willing to bring forth. In Ellison's particular case, there are copies, medical records 
from 2017 of November, which read in part, she states that she was in a very stressful environment for years, emotional and physical abuse by a partner with whom she is now separated. It does, I want to add, it also does say that she does not have any physical injuries that require physical examination in the past. She identifies the individual as Congressman Ellison and she's worried about retribution if she identifies him publicly. So it does say that the the, the injuries, she doesn't have any injuries, injuries that require physical examination. Uh, but there is a statement put out there before this whole situation happened. And then his other accuser has a 911 call from May 16th, 2005 from being assaulted. So in his particular case, there is something that we can look to that that would be some type of file or some type of evidence. You know, Trump took the Twitter and said, hey, where are the filing? Where are the reporting? So we can see when, where this happened. And people got really upset at him saying that and saying, you shouldn't brush her off. Like all women deserve, women deserve to be heard. And I believe that's true. They do deserve to be heard. If Kavanaugh has done something terrible and he's about to be supreme court justice uh yeah i want to know we need to see that up front but if there's nothing going on then these women need to i mean these women it, it needs to go to court and they need to be put on the stand and be willing to swear by what they're saying and if they're not then i'm going to raise an eyebrow to it and yeah i mean if they're telling the truth what's what's the risk of perjury just i mean you're not perjuring yourself you're being honest you're telling the truth unless you're lying then yeah you do face perjury and that's a pretty big deal uh the witnesses who are allegedly mark judge the friend who allegedly was in the room with kavanaugh and ford denied having any recollection of the party a lawyer for a woman ford also said was in the house said her client didn't know kavanaugh and she did not remember the party described by ford patrick j smith whom ford also identified as someone at the party when the illegal incident took place, told the Judiciary Committee in a statement that he, quote, has no knowledge of the party in question. And that was all submitted to USA Today. So there's not much evidence going in her fate, going in Ford's favor right now. And, and people have been searching. They've got witnesses. Again, they they uh, gave their testimony under the threat of perjury, unlike his accuser. Now, a second woman has come forth. She says there was sexual misconduct by Kavanaugh. Uh, she claims to have been a classmate of him at in Yale University. Uh, says 19 1983 to 1984 academic year, which she told the New Yorker. She says that she part that she was hesitant to speak publicly because, well, partly because her memories contained gaps because she had been drinking at the time of the alleged incident. She was reluctant to characterize Kavanaugh's role in the alleged incident with certainty after six days of carefully assessing her memories and consulting with her attorney. Ramirez, and that's her name, by the way, Deborah Ramirez, she's 53 years old, says that this incident happened in a drunken dormitory party of sexual misconduct. So after six days of rehashing her drunken memory, she was able to, with the help of her attorney, come to the conclusion that it was Kavanaugh who thrust his male part in her face and caused her to touch it without her consent as she pushed him away. There's a lot of very interesting things here. Uh, the fact that she says her memory is questionable because she was drunk. The fact that she doesn't really know it was him. It took six days of consulting with her attorney to say it was him. And in parts of her statement about it, she says that she got confused between a fake one, a fake male part, and a, and a real one. So she concludes with that she would like an FBI investigation to be placed on Kavanaugh. And this is so they can say, oh, we can't bring him to the hearing. You know, uh, he needs to be investigated, FBI investigation, all this kind of stuff. So she says she was on the floor. She was foggy. She was slurring her words. And one of the male students said, uh, Brett Kavanaugh put his male part in her face. I'm cleaning 
bringing this up. Mel part in her face and, and that she heard that shouted down the hallway and shouted many different times. And that's, she distinctly remembers that it was Brett Kavanaugh. You know, she said Brett was laughing and she says it was his full name. I don't think it was just Brett. So even her recounting that it was him, I think, I don't think it was, that's not a very certain thing to say about this situation where she says she was raised a devout Catholic and she didn't plan to do any of this, these types of things until she was married and she was mortified and she she doesn't think it was just Brett. She's she's pretty sure it was uh, Brett Kavanaugh, she thinks. So it's a very, very interesting thing. I think, uh, you know, we still need time to tell for witnesses, details. Will she, unlike the previous lady, go testify on the stand and risk perjury? I could be wrong. I don't think she will. I think all these witnesses will get called and they'll try for it. And then uh, right when she's supposed to speak about it, third accuser will come and a fourth accuser and a fifth accuser and we'll just need to keep putting off him ever getting put as Supreme Court justice and then you know after so many accusers I mean he's basically guilty right don't even don't even bring it forward it's it's crazy um the sixth amendment of the bill right is a constitutional right that is held as the highest law of the land and superseding all other laws in the country it states in all criminal prosecutions the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed which district shall have been previously ascertained by law and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation to be confronted with the witnesses against him to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. In case that was too much lawyer jargon, it's saying that in any type of criminal pursuit here, you deserve the right to a quick public right in front of everybody trial by a jury that's not biased in the place where this alleged crime was committed and you must be informed. You must know the nature and the cause of your accusation, what it is you're being accused of doing and to be confronted of what you're being accused of by the witnesses and assistance of counsel for your defense. So attorney for your defense. So Kavanaugh, Ellison, his accusers, their accusers, they deserve the right to be heard before a fair and an impartial jury with witnesses testifying on the stand and evidence brought forth. And if Kavanaugh has done something unsightly, unseemly, illegal, that should definitely be brought to the forefront. I want to know. I think the American public should know as well. But here's the other thing. If the accusations can be proved true, justice should be enacted swiftly. However, if the accusations proved to be false, perjury is also against the law and there should be severe consequences for it. And there are severe consequences for it. So that should be just this equal balance on this. Instead of just people getting to throw out accusations, they say set a date, you say he accused you, come forward, or he assaulted you, or he physically assaulted you, or he did sexual misconduct, or he... Everybody just come on forward. And by the way, we're going to hear more accusations. We're going to hear, I think we're going to hear absolutely crazy stories. This guy's character is going to get dragged through the mud. We're, we're going to hear, I mean, things that there's, <laughs> I'm sure, I was going to say we're going to hear things that there may not be any way to prove, but I think we're already at that phase. But we're going to continue hearing that with, but it's funny, the same people that are saying Kavanaugh should not be put in place and this is terrible and these women deserve to be heard have been oddly silent with Ellison. They haven't been as, as upset about this whole Ellison situation. I wonder why that that is. Thank you for listening to Politically Uncomfortable. Don't forget to share this podcast and visit the website at politicallyuncomfortable.com and I will talk to you in the next one.